0: The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series. Identity Theft will do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Identity Matters podcast. We are going to focus this evening's message on a Christ's life worldview. There are only a couple worldviews that I am aware of that you can have. You can have a Christ's life worldview, and you can have a demonic worldview. Now, there are some that believe that there is a self-life worldview, but the question is going to be asked tonight is, where do we get our self-worldview? So many believe that a self-worldview comes from your studies, whether your studies are primarily focused on the indwelling life of Christ or your primary studies are based upon books about Christ, or just simply secular or religious studies. Those are the only three venues that we know that people think that they get a worldview, but if you would just stop and take a couple moments and just take the simplicity of that statement, a Christ as life worldview. It is sitting or standing where you are at right now and you're looking to the world, the question does need to be asked is, what is your view of the world that you're looking at? So if you are spending thousands and with some people, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get educated, to have a worldview that is supposedly solid, then I'm afraid you have wasted your money. There is educational opportunities around you every day, all day long, from online to offline, to books that you study. Some people are literally addicted to books because they can't have a worldview on their own unless they're looking through the worldview of an author. Same thing with students. They cannot have a worldview unless they're looking at the world through their professor. We tend to get our worldview from other people who are smarter than us or who have discovered things that we have not yet discovered. That's called replicated truth or replicated lies. It's worthless. The only worldview to have is not Christ's worldview, The only worldview to have is Christ's life worldview. What that means is whatever is in and around Christ's life needs to be our way of viewing the world. Before we get in that, let's talk about what we chatted about last week in our last podcast. We talked about the difference between relative authority and absolute authority. Someone, please tell me what relative authority is. Man's interpretation on what God meant by what God says. That is actually a demonic approach to trying to understand the mind of Christ. The only way to truly understand the mind of Christ is to understand that God is a God of the absolutes, He doesn't fudge. He doesn't waver. He doesn't bend. He doesn't change. He doesn't adjust his doctrines for your liberal desires. He will not. If God was immovable, I would not want to be a part of his life. I only want to be a part of a life that is immovable, unwavering, secure, stable, always the same, not adjusting his leadership or his worldview because of some of his children having a bad day. I want to put my trust in a Savior that saves us from our worldview, not one who adjusts his worldview for his followers. That is what has happened to the millennial generation. They have found a millennial Jesus that will literally and constantly adjust his worldview to match the worldview of his followers. This is called Satan. We're going to talk about Satan in the key way that is referred to in modern culture, and it is going to be Dr. Satan tonight. Dr. Satan... Is a very simple term of someone who has mastered their doctrines to inform, to conform followers into your doctrines. This is exactly what Satan has done. We have to discuss his university. Where is this university? What does this university teach? Last week we also talked about the difference between relative obedience and absolute obedience. And there's a very simple way that you can remember this difference. Relative obedience hesitates. Absolute obedience never hesitates. But see, you will hesitate if you don't understand absolute authority, unwavering authority, immovable authority. You will waver. So the first must come first before the second finds its home. So relative obedience is hesitation. I have to think about it. I have to pray about it. I have to work it through. I have to look up the scriptures on that. I have to go talk to someone to make sure that someone else supports me in this view. You do not need to talk, pray, or anything else when it comes to the stated truth that was given to us before the foundation of the earth. You see it, you read it, you hear it from the indwelling life, and you obey it instantly. That's how it's designed. Is that how we function? Afraid not. We all tend to have to work it before we believe it. And this is what Dr. Satan wants us to do. Because the more you work something and war with it, the more opportunities there is to get in through that crack to bring you more of a deluded version of truth. Satan has no ability to originate thought. I hope you understand what I just said. There is not one single thought that Satan has that is original. There is not one single human that was ever born or ever will be born that has an original thought. Thoughts are given to you, either by demonic influence or by influence of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are receivers. Just as our podcast equipment is set up over here tonight, and these antennas sticking out of the equipment... They are receivers receiving a signal from my microphone. I speak, the receivers pick it up, and they send it out to the podcast. That's exactly how it works. So we have to have a receiver inside of us, receiving messages that are pure and holy and righteous. And that receiver is called the Holy Spirit. If you do not have the Holy Spirit living inside you as a great receiver, you need to ask yourself the most obvious, logical question. Who is my receiver and who am I being controlled by? Where am I getting my thoughts? Where am I getting my doctrines? Where am I getting my belief system? Because if you are a human sitting there thinking, this guy's crazy if he thinks that humans cannot have their own individual ability to have original thought. I'm afraid you're lost. It does not exist. There are only two that claim to have the power to push forth thoughts. It is Jesus Christ, and it is Satan. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, where in the world does Satan get his original thought? He's called a replica. He replicates what God has said. He interprets what God has said, and he takes that interpretation And he gives it out to Eve. Did God not say? And he leaves out three words. That's how he does it. He looks around and sees the influence of God in the world. And he takes that original thought. He pulls out a few words or twists up a few other words and delivers it to these receivers. The receiver inside you, if you are not born again and have the receiver of the indwelling Holy Spirit, is called the power of sin. You are born with the power of sin. You are born with this receiver. And all Satan has to do is speak it through his mic. And this power of sin picks it up and it goes into your frail little human mind, and it comes out as replicated, twisted truth from the evil one. God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. You see, we have to ask the question then, whose thoughts are they? And whose ways are they? The result of all this is relative law versus absolute law. Do you realize that you write laws for yourself every day? They're called checklists. They're called New Year's resolutions. Oh, I've got to lose some weight. I'm going to push for five pounds this month. The law arouses, if you did not know this, Romans 7 5. The law arouses sinful passions. Every law you establish for yourself that is relative, you're going to fail, and God's going to help you fail. Any law that is absolute is a law that has been pre-established. It requires absolute obedience. It's not adjusted. It's not studied. It's not anything other than absolute. So to understand the laws of the living God, we have to understand it is a description of his character. Laws are a description of your character. If you have relative laws that you're living by, that is depicting your character. So when you meet someone who just has hardly any laws for themselves at all, they're a freelancer, they're a freedom thinker, they are depicting their character to you. There's not much upstairs. When you find someone who is a perfectionist and they have tons of laws that they have for themselves... They are describing their character to you, that they must have laws in order to be motivated each day to live out that day. Satan. Dr. Satan is a perfectionist. Perfectionists are not indwelt believers living out the perfection of Christ. They are replicators. They put standards in their lives, in the lives of others, and even in the life of God. And they require themselves to keep to these little standards, so they think they're making progress. It's demonic. And it arouses sinful passions. Anorexia is the end result of a perfectionist binding themselves to their own laws. They will die. Their body will automatically be 100% obedient to the standards that they have put upon their own bodies. They will die. The body is designed by God to be 100% obedient to your laws. The law of sin and death. Do you understand that? That law is going to kill you. Now, someone who is into anorexia and thinking that I just need to trim off a little more fat, or whatever their doctrines are, which are demonic doctrines it literally is stated in the holy scriptures that says those who eat vegetables alone are of demonic doctrine diets are demonic but when the holy spirit is speaking to you saying don't eat that sugar today that is obedience so you do not eat the sugar I am not advocating eating poorly. I'm advocating listen to your dietician that lives inside your mortal body. But we have turned it all external and, and, and put together masters and doctorate degrees on diets. You might examine who your professor is, his name might be Dr. Satan our little picture diagram here simply says Dr. Satan the king of the beasts plural of knowledge who are these beasts where do these beasts live where do these beasts work and how in the world do we define these beasts If you think Satan wants to disclose his face to you, if you think Satan wants to disclose his perfect body to you, if you think that he wants to show you himself as God wants to show himself to you, then you're under an illusion. He will keep himself hidden until his hour of power. Then he will reveal himself to you. And when your eyes cast upon this beast, you will see perfection. A trim body. Beautiful hair. Beautiful skin. Perfect almost looking. That's who you will see. You won't see someone like Jesus who was unbecoming in appearance and in the Greek as most of our our Greek studiers understand that means ugly Jesus was ugly he was not the picture of this gay man on the wall in many of the churches yes I'm using the term gay man there was a great painter that painted his lover this is in history you can look it up The millennial generation is bringing the painting back and they're making a very big deal about it. This picture, this beautiful flowing hair picture of Jesus that we have had in the churches for many, many, many years is a gay picture that was painted by Michelangelo, his lover, his male lover, who happened to be a leader of a cult. And it got popularized because of the famous painter. The Baptist Church took this picture on as their icon. See, that's how it gets into the churches. And there are many, many other symbols that I could point out to you that are in the churches today that are anti-Christian. But see, no one really cares about that. No one really cares about what one painting would do in a church when you find people looking to that picture, treating it like some kind of an idol. Human need, they need idols to look at. They like to touch the hands of those who have touched angels. We are idol-oriented. Satan knows this. So what he does is he makes use of these beasts of knowledge. Well, who are they? Dr. Satan, the most acknowledgeable, well-educated, and popular teacher on the face of the earth. He is not uneducated. He's very wise. But he's Short. He comes just a little short. The reason why that they have depicted Satan, Dr. Satan, with the number 666 is because 666 is the mark of man. Why? It's one number short. The definition of sin in the Greek is falling short of the mark. The mark is 777. 666 is the symbol that says we fell short of 777. So now we ask the question of, how did man fall short of 777? Before the fall, man was marked with 777, mark of perfection. Before Satan fell, he was marked 777. He was marked with perfection. When Satan dropped from three sevens down to three sixes, he was a little bit ticked. So what he did as he was on this earth is he wanted company because everyone knows that misery loves company. So he took some truth that was stated by the living God and he pulled out three words and he twisted it up a bit, represented it to Eve, and of course she bought right into it, and she went from 777 to 666, instantly, when she ate of that fruit. The fruit itself was 666. It tasted great, it looked great, it looked like it was good to eat, but the seeds within that fruit was the law, sin, and death. So now you have it. His tree of knowledge of good and evil became his first university. Pergamum was not his first university. The tree of knowledge became the first university of what? Well, let's take a look at it. The type of knowledge that's being disclosed to us here is any information that advances the University of Satan. tree we have knowledge? Humanism? Logic? Self-actualization? Religious thought? And independent thinking? The entire world's educational system fits in one of those categories. If you think that God wants you to love yourself, then you are buying into this deception. I hate Steve Finney. I love Stephen the Redeemed. You see, the Bible actually says he who hates himself will what? What? Gain life eternal. He who loves his life will what? Lose his life. There's a mandate literally by the living God for you to hate yourself. You love your life, you lose it. You hate your life, you gain it. That is just sick and wrong, God. No, it is not. It's the standard of beginning The starting point, the blocks that we're to come out of to understand the knowledge of God. He who thinks he's something when he's nothing deceives himself. Our starting point is nothingness. Vaporism. Humanism says we're something and I can prove it. Logic says I can think this through logically. Really? I've never had any logic person being able to explain to me hardly anything out of the word of God. The word of God is just pure illogical. And that's why there's so many self-proclaimed atheists. It's illogical. And self-actualization is the most popular out of this bunch. Some learn to discover themselves, their talents, their creativity, their knowledge and understanding. And, you know, I'm going to give you an example that I shared with my wife today. When I hear music, I actually see the notes in my head. I'm just now starting to learn what notes are. I've decided to take the time to see on paper what is in my head. I see them actually move around in multiple notes on the bar. I didn't even know what that bar was. I just learned today. It's called a staff. And it's got five lines and spaces in between the lines and each means something. I had no clue until today. But I've been seeing notes and could find the pitches and ranges, even our guy that we love listening to that adjusts his voice so so quickly, I can do that. Because I see these notes. Where does that come from? I must be a gifted person. No, I am not. It is given by God. Playing by ear is not using your ear to play the piano, I learned. And do not wear earrings when you attempt to do that. (laughs) Playing by ear is music that is inside you, and it's coming out. And to learn how to use an instrument to get that out is probably a wise thing to do, so that's why I'm taking piano lessons. From a maestro. Who's very good at what he does. I want this to come out. But it isn't me. But see, self-actualization is discovering I'm gifted. I'm somebody. I'm something. No, you're not. But Satan does want you to believe that. Religious thought that you can somehow formulate your own Bible. Bible. The list is just long, 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 long. It goes underneath those categories. So it says to us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, Out of the ground the Lord God caused, the Lord God caused, to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge. So here you have all of these trees that are just for fruit. And then very creatively, he sticks the tree of life and the tree of knowledge in this garden, and he sets the stage up for the University of Satan and the God of the universe school of knowledge, true knowledge, holy knowledge. One is given as a gift and the other one is that you got to get good grades and get those degrees for your walls so that you can self-certify yourself so you can say, I am a doctor of dietitians," or whatever. And that's how it goes. So here's our question of the day. How do you know the difference between the tree of life and the tree of knowledge? Because knowledge feels really, really good. I listen to it out of myself and I listen to it out of some of you and certainly our online listeners. Of how self-achieved knowledge of understanding something feels really good. And that's why we brag. Whenever you hear someone say to you, I am proud of you, you better hold your hand up real quick and say, I would prefer you not to use that swear word with me. Swear word? Excuse me? Proud is one of the 13 names of Satan. Proud flesh is a swelling of what is normal. To be proud of someone, you are swelling, because it feels good that my son is an A student. It feels good that my brother is a successful ministry person. Pride is not a good word to use if you're an indwelt believer. Stop using it. You can use a term like, I am overjoyed by seeing the life of Christ come through you in your music. Or whatever. To know the difference between those two trees is to understand pride. Satan, remember the opinions, was opening his wings and disrobing, puffing himself up, that is where he got his name, proud one, proud flesh. That's how you'll find the difference. It tells us in Ezekiel 28, verses 11 and 12, Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up your lamentation over to the king of Tyree, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you had the seal of perfection, 777. That's the seal of perfection. That is not an interpretation, that is absolute truth. The seal of perfection is 777. So, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. If you can stand in front of the mirror and not be challenged by, I need to change up some things here, then you're probably in pretty decent shape. If you can stand in front of the mirror and say, wow, this body is decaying quickly, you're probably in good shape. But if you stand in front of that mirror and you say, you know, I've really got to do something about this beer belly. Or root beer belly. <laughs> and you start in your mind wanting to make adjustments because of what you see with your eyes. You are guilty of this. Satan's first action in your life is for you to beautify yourself. Become body focused. Many have degrees and institutions that focus on the body. So that's one part of the university. The other part of the university is in this verse and what is it? Wisdom. Wisdom. So you see, since Satan dropped a number, he had to take his wisdom and he had to build institutions worldwide to build the wisdom of man because the wisdom of man come against the knowledge of God. So if you want to simplify this message in regard to the institution or the university of Satan, this is really simple. Wisdom and beauty. The two things that make people feel inferior the most in life is wisdom and beauty. So Satan has mastered this in his institutions. His beasts of knowledge are these people who have mastered the art of the human body and the human mind. That's it. 602, if you're wondering what that number is. 292-2982. This is Part A. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.